You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's focus on Chicago with Brad Biggs, who covers the Bears for the Chicago Tribune. Brad, thanks for taking the time. Bears have been looking for a franchise quarterback since Jim McMahon, and our good friend Cordell is on that list of quarterbacks who came and went when it comes to a short stint in Chicago. Beyond the stats, how far did Mitchell Trubisky come in his rookie season? Well, I think if you're going to talk about Mitch Trubisky, who who got 12 starts as a rookie this past season for the Bears, I think the conversation probably needs to begin with the fact that it didn't look overwhelming to him during his rookie season. And I think we've, we've all seen a lot of young quarterbacks and even quarterbacks that have been around for a while uh, struggle because it looks like it's just too big for them. And, and that certainly wasn't the case for Trubisky. Uh, the stats aren't uh, very glamorous, but one thing does jump out at you. He did a really nice job protecting the football, which, as you guys know, can be another pitfall for, for young quarterbacks in the National Football League that can uh, get into some, some bad turnover habits that put the team in really uh, difficult spots. So, so those are the two big things for me, when you talk about his rookie season, number one, it, it didn't look too big for him. And number two, he showed uh, a real ability to, to, to be careful with the football. Brad, when you look at how that situation there in Chicago was handled early on, especially for Mike Glennon, uh, he came in, get a $45 million deal, $18 million bucks guaranteed. He thought he was going to be the starter for the year, but Mitchell Trubisky comes along. How do you explain that in knowing now that you have Mark Sanchez who could potentially have a chance to be the backup now behind Mitchell Trubisky to give that much money to a guy for one year and now he's gone? Yeah, well, I, I think I think the answer probably lies in the fact that they had moved on from Jay Cutler and they felt like they were in a position where they were going to have to uh, make multiple moves at the position, not knowing – uh, precisely what they were going to be able to do in the draft. It felt like they had to make a play in free agency. You go back and look in free agency and retrospect. Um, yeah, they probably should have signed Case Keenum, right? <laughs> right. A lot of a lot of teams can say that right now. Uh, <laughs> Josh McCown, uh, a former Bear, might have worked out for him, but I, I think they looked at Glennon as a guy who they felt uh, had some upside based on his time uh, in Tampa. And uh, did they pay him more than they needed to? Yeah, there's, there's really no question about that. But they, they needed to, to go all at this thing. They hadn't drafted a quarterback in the first round uh, since uh, Rex Grossman back in, in 2003. So they needed, to, uh, they needed to go at the position hard. And so I think that explains the money in Glennon. Uh, Glennon loses his job after four games because he was turning the football over uh, too much, and now they've got to make a decision on what they're going to do for a backup quarterback for Mitch. I think Sanchez is a guy who could be in the mix for that. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how that plays out because they feel like the dynamic in that quarterback room is one of the most important things uh, in the building. Talking Bears with Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune. When Mike Lennon gets cut, what do you think the marketplace looks like for him? Does he go back to being a backup quarterback elsewhere? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the best-case scenario for him right now, right? I mean, nobody's going to sign him to start. Um, 
Could he potentially resurface uh, with the Buccaneers? Like maybe. And they had what they had uh, since Magic there this year, right? It's right. Back up to Jameis. So uh, he's coming out of contract. So the Bucks will be in the market for a backup. Maybe Tampa emerges as an option, but. Yeah, you know, if if, my, if things go Mike Glennon's way, perhaps he has a chance to continue uh, in the league for a while as a backup, which can be uh, pretty good work if you can find it and keep it, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds good. But when you look at this football team, I know you said some really good things about Mitchell Trubisky and, and from a positive standpoint, and, and that's always good because that's what you like to build around. But when you look at this team, I mean, there is no more Matt Forte in that system to where he was every bit of 60 to 70, maybe 80% of the offense. Who now do you think you have? And, and of, of course, Alshon Jeffries goes, and goes to Philadelphia and gets a Super Bowl. But who do you see comes into this offense to help out of Mitchell Trubisky to where he could continue to not turn the football over to where – you know, maybe if you start pressing being young, you may start seeing too many turnovers. Yeah, well, they're going to need help for him. There's no question about that. I think, um, I think Jordan Howard's got a chance to be pretty good in this offense, and he's pretty good uh, in the previous scheme under uh, the former coach John Fox. You know, they had a uh, real reliance on the outside zone running scheme under Adam Gase and Dow Loggins, and I think that there's a possibility here that they're going to be more inside zone. If if they really kind of bring that Kansas City playbook to Chicago, tweak it a little bit, I'm going to see a lot of more inside zone running plays, and I think think those plays really suit his skill set probably even better. Now, Jordan Howard certainly needs to be a little bit better out of the backfield catching the football, no one's going to dispute that. But as a runner, this new scheme could be even better uh, for his skill set. They've got to completely overhaul, revamp uh, the wide receiver position. There's no question about that. They've got to get better production uh, from tight ends. Uh, they're going to have to be active in free agency and the draft to add some offensive pieces uh, to help Mitch Trubisky out. Scouting with Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune. Brad, as you know, the scouting combine filled with rumor and speculation. A lot of talk that the Dolphins potentially could be willing to trade Jarvis Landry. It'd be expensive for the Bears to pick up a player with the franchise tag number, but do you think Chicago would have interest based on their glaring need at the receiver position? Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I mean, what's, I guess... What's the price tag going to be? What are you going to pay the guy? Because he's been, um, first of all, he's been super durable. And that's the first thing you evaluate guys on, right? Can they, do they get on the field and they stay on the field? He's been productive. But, man, if I'm working with the defense and I'm getting ready to play a team with Travis Landry, I don't know that he scares me. Well, you know, what was he, nine yards a catch this past season? I don't know that he's a guy that you really got to prepare for because you're worried about he's going to be a game plan wrecker or that kind of thing. He's been wildly productive. Uh, but if, if the price tag gets where some people think it might get, you know, to me, that puts him in the stratosphere where he's got to be a guy that the other team's got to stay up late at night. They've got to take their best cornerback and commit him to that wide receiver to try and stop him, which in theory then opens up things for some of your complimentary players, right? And, and I just I don't know that Jarvis Landry's that guy. 
maybe other people feel differently. That's just kind of my take. Brad, when you look at the defensive side of football, that's pretty much been the staple for many, many years, going back to the now Hall of Famer Brian Urlacher. Um, he's not there, and of course, Peanut Tillman at the cornerback position in there, who's arguably one of the best corners they've had there in some times. But this young kid and Kyle Fuller, give me your take on the franchise tag um, when it comes down to them placing it on him, and what does he mean to that defense? Well, General Manager Ryan Pace talked this morning, guys, and admitted that you know they're they're still kind of sorting through that, and they're going to have to figure something out sooner rather than later. The deadline, as we know, is March 6th for the franchise tag. I think that's a possibility, but I, I think it's probably unlikely. You know, if you've had a guy for four years, you ought to be able to come up with a value for him and what he would be worth to your football team. Can you sign him for that figure or not? I don't know. The one thing uh, that helps the Bears out, or should help them out anyway, is uh, while they've got a critical need to add some cornerbacks here this offseason, I think that's probably the deepest position in free agency and come up with some good players uh, that are going to be on the market. So maybe Fuller's in the mix there. I think they're going to be talking to his agent. Perhaps something can, uh, can get done there, but if not him, there will be some other players that are available. Brad, we appreciate the information. Thanks for joining us today on the NFL on TuneIn. All right, guys, take care. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.